Amen. Well, it is great to be with you this morning. If you're new here, a special welcome to you. But for those of you who have been around, it's great to be back and to celebrate the songs. Thank you. And to celebrate the songs of Christmas. Uh, last week we kicked it off with Mary on Christmas Eve, we're going to do the angels, but today we get to hear a special story, one of the original Christmas songs, because the birth of Jesus, if you remember this from last week, inspired more music than any event in human history. From Handel's Messiah, we'll hear a little bit about that, and from, you know, uh, Bach's Overture to Bruce Springsteen, you know, Taylor Swift, I mean, there's so much music that the birth of Jesus has inspired and today, there's, there's, that we're going to make a few connections because there's something about a song and the way that we sing it that connects us to a story. So I want to do a, a quick exercise with you. I'm going to play a couple songs, and I'm going to see if you can tell me the story or the movement that this song is about. All right, so we'll do, we'll do that first song, and then uh, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, who knows that one? All right, Star Wars, thank you. Any fans, Star Wars fans? There's a lot of you out there, I'm sure. So you hear that song, you only needed a couple of tunes, and all of a sudden, boom, you remember the movement, remember the movie. Who, who saw the rise of uh, Skywalker already? Yeah, they're there, I see you out there. My son saw it on Thursday night. Here's another song, see if you can identify the movement based off of the song. Uh, that's good. What is it? Friends. Friends. Nicely done. It's a great TV series, a 10-year run. Uh, you, you can immediately imagine Ross and the whole group together. So Friends, this great story of friends connecting together. Here's another song. Do you remember this one? What's the, what's the song? UCLA Fight Song. NESC fans in the house? Oh, there's a few of you out there. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll debate that later. But fight, fight, fight! Go Bruins! Here's another one. Can it identify the movement based off the song? I need to speed this one up a little bit. All right. We shall overcome. What's the, what's the movement? Civil rights movement. You identify the song based off of the movement. That was a movement song. Here's one last one. Yeah. Okay. So it was a poem that became a song that became our, our national anthem because there's something about a song that connects us to a movement. There's something about a way that we sing the song that connects us to the movement or the story. As long as you like the story. You know, I mean, if you're an, FC, you know, you know, if you're a, a, an SC fan and UCLA comes down, what do you do? You boo, you hiss. Or you just beat them, yeah. Or you just beat them. But if, if, if you're not a Bruins fan and you hear that fight song, it's not likely that you're going to sing. Right? Even if you, you hear the Star Wars theme song, but you think science fiction is kind of odd, I mean, it's not likely that you're going to enjoy that song. And if you're standing with your, your, ha your hand on the heart and you're ready to sing the national anthem and old Canada comes on, 
you're not likely to sing. It, that's not what's going to happen. And, and, if, and if you hear a Christmas song and you don't really believe in Jesus, it's not likely that you're going to stand up and sing. Because all too often when we hear these songs, like a Star Wars song and a, and a song from Christmas or, or, or a, a, a theme song from a movement, and you're not connected to that song, you're not likely to sing. And singing a song about Christmas but not really believing in Jesus is like singing the national anthem for a, a foreign nation. It's like singing a, a, a song for a, a school that you never attended. Because there's something about a song and the way that you sing it that connects you to the movement. And Christmas is the movement of Jesus. It's the movement of God. It's about God coming down to earth and, and giving his life eventually and soon to come back. It's the story of Christmas. And the story that we're going to look at this morning is a story about a guy that heard the music, but he didn't believe the message, so he never sang. And his story is found in Luke chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles or Bible app, the words are also going to be on the screen. We're going to hear a story about a guy that heard the music. And it was when it was his turn to sing the song, he had no words because he didn't believe in the story of Christmas. In Luke chapter 1, we read the following. In the time of Herod, king, uh, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. They were righteous. They were upright. They were followed the law blamelessly. Zechariah was also a priest. They were religious people. And although Zechariah was old and without a child... This was his day. Zechariah was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. This was a very, very big day for Zechariah. It's estimated that some 18,000 priests served in the temple at this time, but only one was selected. This was a one-and-done experience, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Zechariah to enter into the temple, the Holy of Holies, to burn incense at the pinnacle of his priestly career. And I'm sure he prepared himself that maybe he talked to other priests or maybe he read the manual or I'm sure he walked through his mind what it was going to be like to enter into the temple and burn incense. But as he entered into the temple that day to burn incense, he was surprised by an angel. An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. It's the Greek word terasso. And it means terrified, shaking in your boots, wetting your pants, great distress. It's the condition of being confused during a riot. That's how Zechariah felt. He was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you're to give him the name John. And he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Zechariah, you're going to be a dad. And your son... 
will be a joy and delight, not just to you, but to everyone around him. Many will rejoice at his birth because he will bring many people back to the Lord. Zechariah received great news on one of the best days of his life. First, he's chosen to burn incense in the temple, and then he receives that he will receive a son. And one would think that this would go down as Zechariah's greatest day. But it's not, because Zechariah was old. He's been waiting for a child for a very long time, and he is, and his people were waiting for the Messiah a much longer time. So when Zechariah heard the news about his son ushering in the Messiah, he didn't believe the message of Christmas. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife, this is a polite way of saying it, she's well along in years. And, and, and we remember when Mary first was encountered by Gabriel and she asked, how can this be? That's not the question that Zechariah is asking. Zechariah is saying, prove it to me. I don't believe you. I'm an old man. My wife, I mean, she's well along in years. Give me a sign. Make it real. I don't believe you. Give me some proof. And Gabriel responds this way. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and unable to speak until the day this happens. Because, here it is, you did not believe my words. You heard the music. You received the message. But you didn't believe the message of Christmas. You had the appearance of faith. You were morally pure. You're morally upright. You're blameless in, in, in when it comes to the law. You're a priest. You serve in the temple. And yet your heart, Zechariah, is far from God. Because you don't believe. See, according to Zechariah, it's possible, very possible, I've seen it many times, for people to show up for worship, hear the music, even serve as a leader, enter into the temple, the most holy place, and not believe in God. And it breaks God's heart. Because somehow we've got to believing that if we follow the rules and we do the right things, and that will make us right with God, but that was never God's intent. Because Christianity has always been a religion of the heart. See, last week, in the face of tremendous challenges, Mary believed and we called her blessed. This week, even though Zechariah knew the scriptures and served in the temple, he did not believe. And he became mute. And now, Gabriel says, you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because... You did not believe my words. You will be silent. You will not be able to speak. You will lose your ability to communicate. And the severity of his punishment is matched 
by the depth of his unbelief. The absence of his faith is matched by the absence of his voice. And for nine months, he was unable to speak. He was silent, trapped in his own mind. I mean, you can only imagine the isolation, the frustration that Zechariah felt. One moment, he's at the top of his game. The best day of his life, the next moment, he's living a nightmare. And for nine months, he couldn't speak, but he could see. He could see his wife pregnant. He could see the courageous faith of Mary. He could see God at work in the world. And I'm sure he thought, maybe the message of Christmas is true. When eight days after Elizabeth gave birth to his son, they brought their newborn boy to the temple to be circumcised. And when asked if they were going to name the boy Zechariah, Elizabeth answered, no. His name is John. And the family and friends turned to Zechariah to see if he approved of Elizabeth's name. And Zechariah asked for a writing tablet, most likely a a piece of wood and wax. And, and, And with everyone standing around, Zechariah asked for this writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, Zechariah wrote down these four words. His name is John. And check this out. After he wrote these words down, immediately his mouth was open, his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, praising God. He began to sing. After nine months of complete silence, after initially rejecting the message of Jesus, with all of his family and neighbors and friends around him, I'm sure their eyes dropped or their eyes popped as Isaiah, filled with the Holy Spirit, sang this song. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come and redeemed His people. He has raised up the horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. And He has said through the holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers, to remember His holy covenant, the oath He swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hands of our enemies, to enable us to serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him all of our days. After nine months of isolation, after rejecting the message of Jesus, Zechariah sees God at work, and he believes. And then he sings. And did you notice this is like one big sentence that Zechariah sings? I mean, it's 105 words that came crashing out of Zechariah's mouth like a flood. And probably in one breath, Zechariah unleashed this chorus. And he begins by saying, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. And why is he so excited? Why is he worshiping the God of Israel as his greatest Treasure and highest pleasure. Well, because He has come and has redeemed His people. Because He has come, He's already visited His people. It's as good as done. Redemption is here. Strike up the band. 
the horn of salvation, the strength of the Lord. And then Zechariah reaches back into the Old Testament and he reminds in his song, he remembers David and the words spoken through the prophets and the words spoken to Abraham. And he reaches back to the promises of God that our God is mighty to save. And he sings. And the information of his head goes into his heart. And he believes the message of Christmas. Because there's something about a song and the way that we sing it that connects us to the story. And once Zechariah believed, he started to sing. Because it was his heart. It was inside of his soul. But Zechariah's song doesn't stop there. He keeps singing. In verse 76, he says this, And you, my child, speaking to his son, you will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. Filled with the Holy Spirit and joy as a dad, he proclaims the role of John. Soon to be called John the Baptist. And he says, John, you're going to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. And there's that word again, salvation. Repeated twice in the song, ten times in the Gospel of Luke, it's our salvation, the forgiveness of our sins. We no longer have to be separated from God because of our sins. We can experience God's grace and forgiveness. This is the song of Christmas. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. Salvation. Not because we're morally upright. Not because we follow the rules blamelessly. Not because of external standards that we try to to do or serve in a temple because we're a priest. But because of the tender mercy of our God. This is what Zacharias sings. It's not about our external performance. It's about our internal belief in a God that is tender and merciful by which the rising sun, Jesus, will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the path of peace. To come and bring peace. Peace with God, peace with one another, peace with our planet, peace within ourselves, to bring shalom to the world. This is Zachariah's story. This is Zachariah's song. It's a song of forgiveness. It's a song of salvation. It's a song of mercy. It's the original Christmas songs. And did you see what transformed this unbelieving old man into a spirit-filled worshiper of God? Did you notice in his story what triggered this avalanche of praise in his heart? It was a scribble. It was when he had no voice, he wrote down these words. His name is John. See, somewhere in his quietness of his mind, he made a choice after he saw his wife pregnant, after he saw Mary's courage. He made a choice. He chose to believe that Jesus is God, His Savior. It started with a scribble. This simple act of faith moved to a song because that's how faith works. 
begins in your heart. That's what Paul declared. What you believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth, then you will be saved, but it's in your heart. It starts with this simple act of faith. It's a scribble. And then you confess it with your mouth through a song. But then Zechariah concludes his song this way. And to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. See, we've got to remember that Zechariah was transformed. That God took this old, fearful, trembling man in the temple... He was afraid because of his sin, and now he serves God without fear, clothed in righteousness and holiness all the days of his life. This is the story of Zechariah. This is the song that he sings. It starts with a scribble. It moves to a song. And it ends with a life of service. This is the song. I stand before God without fear. I got a new swing in my step. I got a new song in my heart. I got a new way to live, to enter into a a life of service in the temple. Not based on my performance, but based on the salvation of my King, of my God. I believe and so I sing and so I serve all the days of my life. This is the song of Zechariah. This is the song of Christmas. What's your Christmas song this year? What song are you singing? What song has God placed inside of you? What is your story? And what story are you singing this Christmas season? Because maybe you're here today and you've heard the message of Jesus most of your life. And, and you know the songs, and you've done the deal, and you try to follow the rules, and if God was Santa, you've been a good boy, and you've been a good girl. But you know deep inside your heart, you know that you don't really believe. And there's no song in your heart. And maybe this is a moment in your life where you can scribble. Maybe on your response card, or maybe just in your own mind. I believe. I trust. I'm not just going through the motions. I'm not just doing the external standards. I actually believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And so I will sing. Because one of the best things about Zachariah's story is that he got a second chance. I don't know if you noticed that in the life of Jesus, that he didn't give a lot of second chances. You know, he would interact with somebody and they would say, no, I got to go, you know, do something for my dad or I got to go. And it was, the conversation ended. But here's Zachariah. Gets a second chance. And maybe this is a second chance for you to scribble in your own heart. I trust Christ as my Savior. Or maybe you're here today and you've scribbled those words of faith a long time ago, but you know the circumstances of life have crushed your soul in such a way that you're having a hard time singing this year. Maybe your marriage is going through a hard time or your children are walking away or, or maybe you've lost a job or you're isolated and alone and your singing voice is quiet. And maybe you just need to hear anew the story of Christmas, that God came down for you, that that's how much he loves you, that he came down for you, he left the glories and riches of heaven to be with you. I don't know where you're at, 
in your faith journey. All I know is this, that there's something about a song and the way that we sing it that connects us to the story. And we have some singing to do. We get to celebrate the songs of Christmas, of God coming down to earth to be born in a barn, to live a perfect life, to die a brutal death, only to rise again and give us the gift of salvation. That's what we sing at Christmas. And so today, as we continue this movement of praise to our God, let us be like Zechariah and get a second chance to write down in a scribble and to sing our song and to live a life of service. God, I thank you for this moment that we can gather in your name. And thank you for the clear teachings in your word about the true and original songs of Christmas. And Father, I just ask that you, Holy Spirit, would do a deep work inside each one of our hearts. That as we scribble, and that as we sing, that as we serve, that it wouldn't be Zechariah of old with external performance in mind, but it would be as an overflow of our hearts, an overflow of gratitude, an overflow of joy in God our Savior that chose to come down and leave the glories of riches of heaven to be born in a, ba to be born in a barn God, we celebrate you and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to move our lips, to loosen our tongues so that we can sing and celebrate the songs of Christmas.